Yesterday, before getting here, I took opportunity to cut my grass, and the very first thing that I did was open up the fuel tank to see how much gas I had if I was going to be able to make it. My lawnmower doesn't move if there isn't any gasoline. You can't really push it in the grass very easily. It's a big one. Without fuel, it will not give me service. And I, I want to share that as the idea, the proposition, and that is that gratitude fuels our service. I'd like to begin by reflecting on the day that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. When he was finished, he asked them a question. Do you understand what I have done to you? Yes, he washed their feet and he set an example of humble service, but the foot washing pointed to a greater cleansing, a greater service that is meant to fuel our service. He said, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. You don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. After what? After he took our sins upon himself on the cross and made himself nothing. So here's my proposition that on the deepest level, gratitude for Christ is what fuels our service. The disciples didn't get that. As so often was the case, they were thinking of themselves. They each thought someone else should serve and completely missed the opportunity before them. Not only did the disciples fail to serve one another in the washing of their feet, Luke tells us of that same uh, incident, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. While gratitude fuels our service, entitlement kills it. The disciples forgot the instruction Jesus had given them not so long ago. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many." There it is again. But afterward, you will understand. They didn't understand then, but afterward. Oh, Jesus came to serve in such a preeminent way. They thought somebody else will do it. Surely, I know it needs to be done, the foot washing, but somebody else will take care of that. Um, Isn't that the way that we often look in our lives? I know... When I was first here at Covenant Fellowship, a new believer, so excited, I just wanted to jump into everything. I wasn't thinking, oh, someone else will do it. I was thinking, oh, I I can do it. Now, more as I've gotten older, I'm thinking, eh, somebody else can do that. I've, I've put in my time, and I have put in my time, but I can still do it. Um, we love because he first loved us. We give because he first gave. And we serve because he served. In short, gratitude for Christ is the fuel of our service. 
Robert Emmons in his book, Thanks, defines gratitude and its effect on our lives in this way. When we feel grateful, we are moved to share the goodness we have received with others. He was saying gratitude fuels service. Let me give you an illustration. Elizabeth Bartlett, a professor of political science, suffered a serious heart condition that medicine could not cure. After repeated heart attacks in her 40s, she needed a heart transplant. In her book, Journey of the Heart, Spiritual Insights on the Road to a Transplant, she wrote about her life and the trials she endured. She spoke of her gratitude for her new transplanted heart, saying, I have found that it is not enough for me to be thankful. I have a desire to do something in return. To do thanks, to give thanks, give things, give thoughts, give love. So gratitude becomes the gift, creating a cycle of giving and receiving, the endless waterfall, filling up and spilling over, to give from the fullness of my being. This comes not from a feeling of obligation like a child's obligatory thank you notes to grandmas, aunts, and uncles after receiving presents. Rather, it is a spontaneous charitableness, perhaps not even to the giver, but to someone else, to whoever crosses one's path, is the simple passing on of the gift. To do thanks. Well, that's what service is all about. Gratitude for what Jesus Christ did for us is meant to fuel our service. Recognized grace wells up with gratefulness that spills out in service to others. Joyful service. Discover a need and fill it, joyful service. Put me where you need me, joyful service. Work behind the scenes for no recognition at all without anybody knowing what you've done, joyful service. When gratitude fuels your heart, it moves your hands to action. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Elizabeth Bartlett is not the only person to have received a new heart. So have we. The promise in Ezekiel, I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes And be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleannesses. Are we grateful? Do we have a desire to do something in return? To do thanks. To give thanks. To give things. Give thoughts. Give Love, to act with spontaneous charitableness. Are you ready to serve wherever you are needed? As I get older, sometimes I think I'd rather serve where I want to, when I want to, how I want to. That's not where I began when I was so full of gratitude for what Jesus Christ did for me. How might we diagnose a situation where there is an absence of service in the life of a believer? 
I would say the absence of service indicates a deficit of grace, a lack of awareness for all we've been given. That was where the disciples were living the day the Lord bent down to wash their feet. Now, to be sure, the disciples didn't understand the scope of Jesus' service. They believed he was the Messiah, but no military victory had yet come. They were misled. They wanted to be commanders, not servants. Some came that night with swords strapped to their sides, ready for a different battle. But for us today, we know what Jesus has done. We look back on the cross. All of what was about to happen has been revealed to us. And yet we can still struggle the very same way the disciples did. The sons of Korah in the Old Testament put their gratitude in the words of a psalm. In Psalm 84.10, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Where did their gratitude come from? Their forefathers were swallowed up into the earth for their rebellion. But it tells us the sons of Korah were spared, not by the works of their hand, While their whole clan went down into the depths, God spared them. The chasm did not swallow them up and they were saved. So what was their response, their attitude? One of gratefulness. I'm just grateful to be a part of this, to be a forgiven child of God. I don't need to be the greatest. Let me be the doorkeeper. I'll do anything you need me to do. Gratitude fueled their service. Let us meditate on the cross and the greatest of gifts. You were bought with a price. You were ransomed from death. You were forgiven, adopted, redeemed, written into the will of God the Father to receive an inheritance as a son or a daughter. Though you die, yet shall you live and receive heavenly treasure for works that only God's grace enabled you to do. That's what we have waiting for us. He's taken our heart of stone and he's given us a heart of flesh. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. Is there any other possible response but to respond in spontaneous charitableness and not necessarily even to the one But to anyone who steps in your path to be so grateful, let me help you with that. So let us meditate on grace, our forgiveness, freedom from judgments, and being added to the family of God. Let us keep meditating until our heart wells up with gratitude. And then let that be the fuel for our service. Then we will be the one to say, put me where you need me. We'll be the ones when the basin and the towel lie unclaimed to offer and wash the feet. We are the ones that should have been swallowed up into the earth, into the chasm of judgment. But by the grace of God, he spared our lives. We're the sons and daughters, the children that didn't go down into the pit. So let's remember the cross and allow gratitude to well up within and be the fuel for what we do. 
Amen.